Hello and welcome to another episode of our Audacious Learning Ways podcast series with Roy and Ian. My name's Ian Tate. We're going to be with you throughout the series, and for those of you who don't know him, Roy is a Delta resident, volunteer board member of the North Delta Business Association, and former president, chief marketing officer, and entrepreneur with over 40 years of successful and unmatched executive leadership experience in every aspect of business. His latest book in the Be Different or Be Dead series is titled The Audacious Unheard of Ways I Took a Startup to a Billion in Sales, and we've decided to use it as a guide and cornerstone of our association. In fact, every new member and their entire leadership team receives a free copy of this guidebook when they join the association. Today's How to Be Different tip is if you see a rule or policy that customers hate, find a way to kill it or at least change it in a way that makes it less offensive. These dumb rules find a way of destroying customer loyalty. Be brave, be different. Cleanse your internal environment of things that don't make sense to customers. But here making sense is Roy. Good morning, Roy. Good morning, Ian. How are you this morning? I'm, it's fine, thank you. <laughs> anyway, um, so Roy, um, what are dumb rules all about and what's the backstory behind the idea? Yeah, so uh, it, it's a fun it's a fun notion to to play with Ian. And listen, there's there's more on my be different or be dead blog for people that want to want to get more detail on on dumb rules, but in a word, my definition and others don't necessarily have the same definition. My definition of a dumb rule is an internal rule or policy or procedure that simply doesn't make any sense to a customer. It annoys them, and eventually, they refuse to do business with an organization because of the dumb rule. And basically, they run away saying how crummy the organization is, what terrible service they provide because they have this rule that the customer simply cannot tolerate. Look at a dumb rule, basically, is, a, is conceived as a customer engagement control mechanism. That's what it is, right? Yep. And has never been changed and applies to everyone. So it's the sacrosanct, you know, unmovable rule that applies to everyone. And so when a customer comes running head on into it, there's nothing but carnage on the side of the road because customers are pretty smart. They just want to, you know, do business with, with organizations that make it easy. Attacking dumb rules, more the backstory, was one of the many tactics, Ian, that I used to improve the execution of our strategic game plan as we marched to a billion in sales. It was a very, very, very important part of what I call, and we've discussed this before, my say yes strategy, which right. was all about trying to say yes to customers, removing roadblocks that really prevented the organization from providing a superlative experiences to customers. And the logic was really simple. If you can eliminate dumb rules, it will allow you to say yes to customers more often, which will make it easier for people to do their jobs, which will result in a smoother execution of our strategy, which will result in better performance, loyal customers, and guess what? Revenue growth. Okay, mm -hmm. so the dumb rules notion for me was exceedingly important part of our strategic game planning process and I made it a very, very high priority. We are going to get a hold of those barriers. 
that mm -hmm. were preventing customer uh, dazzlement, if you will, uh, from a rule point of view and get rid of them. And uh, hopefully, and it turned out we did, have fun doing it. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's almost like you want to do away with the phrase, uh, I'm sorry, uh, our policy doesn't allow us to do that. Yeah, so right. It's, it's part of the say yes thing. It's like it doesn't yeah. allow you to right. accommodate. It allows you to control. And look, at we don't like to be controlled, do we, Ian? No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh, and and so um, looking at it from a, the business perspective, why are dumb rules so important? Well, we alluded a little bit of this in the, in the first response, but they fundamentally control or attempt to control customer yeah. engagement. And they get in a way of making it easy for customers to engage with an organization. So it's really contrary to this whole say yes value system that we've talked about before. That's point number one. Point number two is they get in the way, dumb rules do, of building customer loyalty. Point number three, they result in customers telling others how bad and uncaring you are. So, so you get bad referrals. There's nothing mm. like one person you know, scorn tells 25 of their friends who tell 25 and all of a sudden you've got this tsunami of bad referrals. Like who needs that? The next thing is they obstruct really the provision of delightful experiences. And we've talked about this and particularly from a member's point of view, you know, that's a key thing for small business. You know, people have to have good experiences dealing with you. If you have rules that are dumb, that gets in the way. The next thing is kind of an interesting one that we rarely talk about is dumb rules basically introduce what I would call unproductive friction in a business that prevents seamless delivery of products and services. Okay, mm. so this is the grunge that sort of slows down the delivery process as we wade through and try to convince a customer why our dumb rule makes sense, which of course we never do. And so in the meantime, the damage that's created is, is you just clog up the inside of being able to deliver to the customer. And I guess the last thing I want to mention here is um, dumb rules really do create suffrage in employee engagement. People, employees don't want, to, uh, don't want to deal, okay, with dumb rules as it relates to customer engagement because they know the kind of impact they have. So the willingness for people employees to engage with the company in terms of its ideals and strategy when it's got you know a, a, a significant number of dumb rules that engagement willingness goes down and so if you want employees to engage you need to have a rule infrastructure that makes mm -hmm. sense to customers why because it's easier for people to do their job Wow. And, you know, thinking back in my own personal experience, there's a lot of dumb rules that I had to, to deal with as well. You know, a customer would come in and, and you'd sell things in pairs and they only want one. And I'm not talking about shoes, right? And and you say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't sell you one. I'm, geez. Anyway, yep. Yeah. Give your head a shake. So so uh, let's say you've got a legal requirement in place. Um, uh, the dumb rule can't kill a legal requirement, can it? No, and look at, I mean, there's always rules around that, that are required by law or regulatory um, diction or something like that, regulatory governments. And, and so there's a way that I approach things like this to try and, and get it on side with the say yes notion, okay? The first thing is you have to do your diligence to make sure that indeed 
the claim that this that this rule is required for regulations or legal is actually true. Mm-hmm. I mean, I ran into all sorts of situations where where my management team would tell me, Roy, you can't do this. This rule is required by law. And yet when I did my due diligence, they were wrong. Okay. In other words, it was a it was a roadblock that was thrown up in front of me from people who really didn't want to change. So the first thing you have to do is make sure that the claim of legality is real and you have to do your due diligence on this. And if it is, okay, if it's real, then really the challenge is to try and make it customer friendly. Okay, I'm not saying mask it necessarily, but I'm talking about how you communicate things like this is exceedingly important. So a necessary rule that is dumb, okay, can still be customer friendly. And it's all about taking time to design a customer communication strategy around it. In other words, instead of saying, well, it's our policy, okay, first of all, empathize that it may not make sense, right, to you, Mr. Customer, but here's why we're required to do it and try and kind of make that a friendly uh, part of the engagement. And so when you look at your communications around dumb rules, the question to ask yourself is, is it friendly and helpful or is it demanding and intimidating? Mm. Okay, try and move to friendly and helpful, okay, as much as you can. And and actually try to use the whole objective of minimizing an adverse reaction in terms of how you design the customer communications strategy. But look at, at the end of the day, there will be rules Um, that you can't expunge from your organization. But my Mm -hmm. issue has always been, if I can can clean the organization of 20% of the dumb rules that we have, wow, that's going to make a tremendous amount of difference in terms of how we engage with customers, how they feel about us, and the loyalty that they have to us. So you're not going to get 100% clean but if you get 80 or 70 or 20 or 30, it's all in the right direction. So don't let the impossibility get in your way of doing this. Okay. This is an ideological thing and a strategic thing that's absolutely necessary to have a plan that you can execute and, and derive superlative performance from. Right. And if you look at it from the customer standpoint, again, that 20% will be a big relief, but also the, your your staff, the employees on the front line delivering the, those messages, all of a sudden, you know, they're relieved of all that burden and can get uh, right to it in terms of building those uh, long-term relationships. Absolutely right, Ian. Anyway, so, okay, we've chatted about it we've looked at the uh the good the bad and now we're gonna hear some of the ugly um roy can you give us a few examples of dumb rules that you have experienced no sorry oh, it's not policy. no <laughs> well unfortunately the list is so long it was difficult to pick a favorite but but i think one of my favorite dumb rule stories it was actually uh, an event that took place and i'm going to call them out on this at the mirage hotel resort and casino in Las Vegas. So they have a wonderful deli in the casino that serves absolutely the best Reuben sandwiches ever, but they are challenged with their customer friendliness and their policies. So one night after I would say a rather unfortunate two hours sitting on the blackjack table, my wife and I 
decide that we're going to go into the deli, right, and order up our favorite. So we go up and we say to the hostess, okay, we'd like a booth. Uh, and we're told flatly, flatly, Ian, that our request was not possible since it was their policy to offer booths only for parties of six or more. So my wife and I were two. Their policy said you can't have a booth unless there's six of you. Now, look, at, I get that that management wants to maximize the check value from these specific assets, right? Sure, sure. That's, that, that makes a lot of sense. But the interesting thing, Ian, was the store was empty. There was no one else in the deli but Leilani and me, right? And so oh, here we were. So, so I say to her, I say to her, I said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Um, and she looks at me and she goes, well, they want it. <laughs> so here's a situation where the poor frontline person oh, right, is, is, is being forced to enforce this rule and the only thing that she could say is, I've been told to do it because they wanted it. Now, look, there's a whole bunch of other ones. But everybody out there, everybody knows as a consumer and has had unfortunate experience with a dumb rule. They're just all over the place. And all you have to do is remember how you feel when it happens to you. Like, I've told this story. I've been doing podcasts and and and, and discussions on this dumb rule thing for, for years. And every time I do it, in, I tell yeah. the story. And I also mention who it was. And so that can't be good for business. <laughs> Anyways, but there's been a, I mean, I've, I've I've done like your your reference to to one or two. I've I've been refused to uh, to the ability to buy a sweater on a mannequin, which was the only left in my uh, one anyone left in my size in the store because it was for display purposes only oh, and could yeah. be sold. I mean, was it a, was it the Dales of Norway, Roy? <laughs> no, I don't know what it was, but here's a here's a retail store wanting to sell things except for the stuff on the mannequin. I mean stuff like that. Look at it's. It's unfortunately myopia, okay? These things are born out of myopia. Some genius thinks it's a good idea to control demand or trying to make it easy to supply services. And unfortunately, they forget about how it impacts on on the most precious asset you have, people, and that's your customer. Yeah. Yeah, my 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 experience and I just, you know, sometimes I lurk in stores waiting for an opportunity to hear my favorite, actually my least favorite four word response. We don't price match. Well, I tell you, oh, there my blood pressure just did go up anyway. <laughs> so so uh, that was very informative. But uh, man, sorry, uh, we don't. We don't have any space. The booths are full would have been a great response. But when it's, you know, it's nine o'clock, there's no one in the place, however that song goes anyway. Well, so so here's here's an excellent example of a missed opportunity. Yeah. I mean, given the fact that we were the only one there, we weren't going to consume a whole lot of resources. What they could have done is made it a really super dazzling experience. Of course, which booth would you like? Is there a special yeah. location? Take us to that and give them give us unbelievable amounts of attention. And we would walk out of there going, oh, my God, what a wonderful experience I've just had. And the story that I'd be telling you would be an example of dazzlement, not about de-dazzlement. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so um, how does a business go about murdering these dumb rules, Roy? Yeah. So, what's the first step? What do they got to do? What do they got to keep uppermost in their mind? 
Yeah, I mean, and this is the key thing. So I've got five points for an action plan here that that hopefully will be helpful. The first thing you have to do to your point is the leadership has got to make killing dumb rules a strategic imperative in the organization's game plan. Leaders need to make it matter. If they don't make it matter, then it will never happen. So it starts with leadership. Okay, it starts with, as I mentioned before, the definition of cleansing the internal environment from dumb rules, an essential part of the strategic game plan of the organization. And one of the things that I do with clients is, is I have a little bit of a template that I go through when we talk about, well, what, what's the action plan we're going to be using now to implement the strategic game plan? And one of the key elements is always, let's talk about dumb rules. And I got to tell you, it's fun because at first they go, what, what? We don't have any of these. And after about three nanoseconds, they get to realize that, yeah, they do. <laughs> and they better take care of it. So the first thing is make it matter, make it part of your strategy. Second piece is a fun piece. And that is to establish dumb rule committees. Now, I did this with a great deal of success. So what I would do is I would, in, in all the operations areas of my organization, not the staff groups, okay, not the people that write the policies, because <laughs> they'll just come up with a million reasons why they're not dumb. So I asked the front, ask the frontline people, ask the operations people. So I'd create dumb rules committees in the operations of my organization. I would appoint a dumb rule committee leader for each committee whose responsibility it was to seek out and destroy or otherwise modify, if you can't destroy them, rules that made absolutely no sense to customers and drove them crazy. Well, let me tell you, uh, the result of that initiative was extreme employee engagement. I mean, if there was a if there was a, 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 a an odometer, okay, that measured, you know, how much people were engaged in the organization at that, it just went up to a hundred. It's just like bang. The front line, particularly, loved the initiative. They were passionate about the purpose. I mean, this was my opportunity to sell them on the strategic game plan. This sure. was the hook right? And we made real progress. The thing is, we had contests as well, in among yep. the committees to see who could come up with the most dumb rules to kill. And we celebrated the winners, okay? And so fun was had by all, not only cleansing the env environment, but also competing with one another. And um, the, the committee role was quite simple. They were expected to not only identify the dumb rule, okay, this right. is where the accountability comes in, rules and procedures that annoyed customers, but they were also charged with the responsibility of eradicating them and taking whatever action was necessary to get it done. So it wasn't a matter of saying, okay, here's a stupid rule. My next question is, okay, what do we need to do about it? Who's going to do what by when to eradicate this dumb rule? My role and that of all the senior leaders reporting to me was to remove any roadblocks preventing the dumb rules committees for actually achieving their purpose, which was to eradicate right. dumb rules. Right. So that for you, I mean, you talk about an, an opportunity to light fires in people. You announce dumb rules committees members out there and it, it doesn't have to be large. It can be simple. It can be one person. Can't be you, leader. It's got to be the person that deals with customers. The third thing that I would say you have to do is you really need to get ahead of this. Okay, so dumb rules committees deals with the result of stupid rules. What we need to do is we need to replace the stupid rules in the first place 
with say yes rules. Okay, so uh, what I did is I embedded customers in the rule design process. So I got ahead of this uh, by having um, rules designed with the customer in mind. Oh, what an incredible idea, Ian. Customer-driven rule system. So they would be the cleansing agents, okay, that, that you, could, you could ever ask for. And so what I found is, first of all, they were really excited, customers were, to be involved in the process. And they were really, they were really impressed with the fact that we would even ask them. And so not only did we get their help, but we actually gained loyalty points from the people that we asked to be engaged. Hmm. Simple little things like that. Fourth thing you have to do, and I've only got five. Fourth thing you have to do is you must ask customers through your employees, through your customer surveys about your rules and policies. You have to ask them about, do you have any dumb rules? What are the, what are the things that, that annoyed you? What are the policies and so forth that you, that you came up against that, that really annoyed you? And, and it's, this is easy to do. Like, like, you know that right now that every time or most of the time you do business with a service organization, they will give you a pop-up after you finish the call. Okay, and say, would you mind taking a couple of minutes and finish it? So it's a, it's a bit of a chat box to give to give input on the experience. Well, you the technology exists for you to ask every time a customer does business with you, what your experience was relative to any uh, rule and so forth that gave you a lot of difficulty. So you have to measure. If you don't measure it, then th you really lack the ability to do anything about it. The last thing you have to do, Ian, is hold managers accountable. Okay, they have to be your teams and, and, and the management of the company or organization has to be held accountable for eliminating these, these dumb rules. It must be part of their performance plan. They must have an objective. Okay, and part of it for me was asking frontline dumb rules committees how their managers were doing, helping them eradicate the organization of dumb rules. Cat amongst the pigeons. I got to tell you, that made people pay attention. And so bottom line is, make it a strategic imperative. Get yourself some dumb rules committees. Embed customers in the rule design process. Get customer in input on your dumb rules. And lastly, hold managers accountable. If you can do these things, I guarantee you, you will move towards a say yes environment that is clean and is responsive to customer engagement, not controlling. Hmm. And I don't, I think it applies to uh, organizations at whatever stage they are, be it startup or right the way through to well-established uh, uh, institutions, let's say, would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I would say that startups have an advantage because they can build a rule system to say yes, okay? They're they're brand new. They they can engage their potential customers, okay, in a conversation about how would they like to deal with us when they're up and running. The difficulty with a later stage organization is they've already got the grunge in there, and the challenge is to get rid of the grunge. And a lot of times, as you know, this in terms of your background, the people that created the rules, the dumb rules that may have been relevant yesterday. I'm not saying they weren't, but they're irrelevant today. Right? right, like it or not, the people that design those don't want to give them up, and so no. they you you run head on right into this <laughs> into this barrier of saying no, 
I did this. I introduced this rule 15 years ago. It was awesome. I want to keep it. And I'm saying, I said, well, okay, it may have had relevance then, but would you not agree that the world has changed since then? And we need to be re more responsive to what customers want. Yeah. Pride of authorship, pride of ownership. That's a dumb rule. It's getting in the way of progress. <laughs> anyway, Absolutely. thanks. Well, that's a wrap, folks. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. We'll be back again soon with another How to Be Different tip as part of our Audacious Learning Ways podcast series. Uh, take a look at us online at www.northdeltabusiness.ca. And if you want to see what every member of ours enjoys for free once they join our organization, take a look at the tab up at the top called Abound. Anyway, have a great business day. Goodbye, Roy. Bye, Ian.